Pastor Xavier Reese and a simple truth to successful living. You cannot at any time in your Christian experience sit. Have you ever been parked in a parking lot and you're just sitting behind the wheel and all of a sudden the car next to you starts moving backwards, you think you're going forward, you go for the brake right away? Now you think you're moving back, but you're not. But it gives you the illusion. Well, when you stand still as a Christian, you're going backwards. You must be moving forward. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Whether it's pursuing a college degree, remodeling the kitchen, or maybe just losing a few pounds, life is made up of one goal after another. Today, in his continuing study in the book of Philippians, Pastor Xavier reminds us of a goal that is truly worth pursuing. Here he is with today's Simple Truths. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. And the message is entitled, Growing Towards Christ's Likeness. Paul's determined purpose in life was to grow and mature in Christ Jesus in order to be constantly being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ by the very same power that had raised up Jesus from the dead. He told us that in verse 10 and 11 of chapter 3. Now, obviously, this is not something that comes natural as our natural desire of our sin nature. But tragically, neither is it guaranteed automatically by our new nature. We must be diligent to pursue this, as we'll see. Any of you ever found that once you came to Christ, you just put it in neutral? Cruise control? No. I mean, you have to keep plugging, right? There is always in the believer's life the personal responsibility to grow, develop, and mature in faith through obedience. He told us that very clearly in chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. God wills it does of his good pleasure, but we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That partnership, that combination that we don't understand and don't exclude one extreme to the other or one truth from the other. Paul has just revealed, remember, to the Philippians that the believer's positional sanctification is through the righteousness of Christ by faith in Christ. Not by the law, not by any personal accomplishments. That is very clear. He's established that, okay? But now Paul moves on to reveal to the Philippians that the believer's practical. He looked at the positional. The practical sanctification is an ongoing process of spiritual maturity throughout life. Not a product of perfection. In this life. And he declares this. By three simple things in verses 12 through 16. Let me read our text for us. Not that I have already attained. Or I'm already perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold on me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. And so, the believer's 
practical sanctification is an ongoing process. It's never a fact of perfection in this lifetime. And he declares it by these three simple truths. First, the perspective regarding spiritual maturity in verse 12. The perspective. And then secondly, the principles to accomplish spiritual maturity in verses 13 and 14. And then he finishes thirdly in verses 15 and 16. The person's needing spiritual maturity. Let's begin here with the foundation. If you miss it here, the others won't help you. This is the foundation. The perspective regarding spiritual maturity in verse 12. Notice first Paul declares that he had not yet reached final maturity in this life. There's the key. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. Don't disconnect this verse from the preceding. There's the connection. Okay? It looks back to that and we'll see that. Paul uses the aorist tense here to indicate that he had not in the past nor in the present time, even to the time that he was writing, had he attained. Not past, not reason present, nor at the time that I'm writing. The word attain means to get hold of by practical appropriation as a completed action. Now, some of you are saving for a car. Now, you have half of the money, but you still haven't obtained the car. <laughs> you haven't laid your hand on it yet. All right? That's what he's talking about. This getting hold of was the act. Notice that. The active responsibility of who? Of Paul. To appropriate. Not God. Paul makes himself the subject here. What is this thing that he had not laid hold of or attained? Keep in mind the context. Some say the price in verse 14. But that would not make sense. For it must be related to what has already been stated. When you write a letter, you're writing in progressive order. It is an explanation of what precedes. This is an explanation of what he's already said in the preceding verses. Paul has just told the Philippians that his motive for being found in Christ... Remember he said that in verse 9. In the righteousness of Christ was that he might know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death here and now. This is exactly what Paul had not already laid hold of and appropriated to a completed state. In other words, this was his goal and this was an ongoing process through life. He had not attained it once and for all as a completed act. Though he had experienced and appropriated them in a continuous degree to the present day. Due to the fact that it is an ongoing process, he had not finalized that as a completed action. Okay? You buy a car. You put a down payment. It's in your name. You're making payments every month. People say, is that your car? Oh, yeah, that's my car. But the bank owns it. Now, you're, you're grabbing a hold of it a month at a time. <laughs> and every month, you, you, you grab a little more. 
When you make the final payment, you've obtained the car. Is what he's talking about. But notice also, nor had he obtained the physical resurrection. And that would be obvious, right? So, is he talking about the being conformed to his death, experiencing those things he's mentioned ongoing? Or is he talking about the physical resurrection? Well, of course not. They could see he was there. He wasn't resurrected. He wasn't his glorified body, so it has to be the ongoing power. Because you do that, the guarantee is that the ultimate state of that and step is what? I'll be raised when I'm dead. It's common sense. Now notice Paul uses the perfect tense to indicate that he had not come to the place in his Christian life where there was no room for growth and spiritual maturity, having reached the full measure. Regardless of where we are in life, there is always room to grow in maturity. That's what he's talking about. Okay, now, when you as parents have children, you want to make sure your child is growing, that's physical, development in proportion, and maturing on every level. Those are the three levels you want to see. The same thing in the Lord. Those are important. Now, Paul uses the word perfected, which means to complete, accomplish, or consummate to the end. So, Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus had only begun that process. Just as the baby is born, it begins the process. It's only the beginning. Can you imagine if the baby grew in the same mentality and the same abilities and talents throughout life and stayed that way? I mean, you don't mind changing a baby's diapers, but at 18, give me a break. He has to grow, mature. It's a process. It began in Acts 9. Paul had continued in the process and he labored nine years, remember? Uh, seven or nine years up in Tarsus. As he did the work of the Lord. He later on came to Antioch, was there for a year with the churches. Then he went on a three missionary journeys. All of those things were a process. All of them. This is 30 years later. 30 years later, he says, I still have not arrived. I'm amazed at some people, they think they've arrived after three or five years. Oh, yes, I've gone through the Bible one time. Whoa. Be careful. Be also careful. Notice, secondly, here that Paul declares that there are specific works and events that God has purpose to work out the process of spiritual maturity. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold on me. Now, notice first Paul recognizes need to move forward on on in salvation. That's important. The phrase press on means to pursue or chase. We get our root word to flee from it. The tense is the durative present, continuously pursuing. You cannot at any time in your Christian experience sit. Have you ever been parked in a parking lot? And you're just sitting behind the wheel, and all of a sudden the car next to you starts moving backwards, you think you're going forward, you go for the brake right away. Now you think you're moving back, but you're not. But it gives you the illusion. Well, when you stand still as a Christian, you're going backwards. You must be moving forward. The word is used of a hunter chasing a, uh, his hunt in the prey and grabbing a hold of it. He's determined. He is committed. The word is also used by Jesus of Paul when he pursued him in captured him on the Damascus road in Acts 9.4. He says, why are you persecuting me? 
Why are you pursuing me in a negative way? Because he was pursuing Christians to persecute them and kill them. But in fact, he was doing it to Christ, he said. The same word, but in the negative. Now, Paul, as fervent as he was in his pursuit against Christians, now he had become that fervent in his pursuit to Christ. In the things of God and to be more like him. This was Paul's daily discipline. The next step that would move him on in spiritual maturity. Too many times we sit or we're taking baby steps. And we're not moving on. Notice still 12 that Paul recognized that he was responsible to lay hold of the purposes of God. For which life Christ had laid hold on him for. He's looking two directions. Paul uses the historical errors, which Christ has laid hold on me, the past experience of Damascus, but also the future that I may lay hold of. He laid hold on me, I need to lay hold. Two distinct things. Linsky, the Greek scholar, says this regarding these two phrases. Paul is steadily pursuing an expectation of making the capture with finality. It's the errors. And this rests on the fact that at Damascus, he got captured by Christ. Both are strictly punctiliar and indicate momentary acts. So the Greek punctiliar means, boom, it happens at one time, at that one place. All in an instant, Paul got captured in the past. All in an instant. When the time comes, he will get to capture the next thing. Very important. So we take a step at a time. I was saved in 1973. Boom, I was captured. And ever since then, I've been capturing the things that God has, one at a time. Moving forward, very important. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. They were prepared for the foundation of the world, Ephesians 2.10. The word is poema, poem. We are His message. One step at a time. Can you look back on your life and see all the different things God has prepared for you? Boom, 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 boom. One at a time. Now, I'm excited about what He has Today and tomorrow. I'm not excited about the past. Because the past can't help me. I'm excited about today and tomorrow. I thank God for the past. The past helps me. But I can't live in the past. That's important. Later, Paul would lead three missionary journeys. Acts 13 and 19. All of these press Paul on to spiritual maturity and Christ-likeness. So the focus here is not so much the works, though they are the vehicle, but the outcome of the works. Always moving on. That it's an ongoing process. There is no ideal plateau out there. As a young Christian, at first I said, man, there must be something out there. You know, you walk 20, 30 years, you know, boom, cruise control. No, no, no. As a matter of fact, the warfare gets harder. The more you become like Christ, the greater the attack. The more God pours into you, the more He requires of you. This is the perspective regarding spiritual maturity. Now, if you don't have this perspective, you'll miss it altogether. This is the foundation. Now, notice secondly, the principles to accomplish spiritual maturity. These are the how-tos. These are the nuts and bolts. First in verse 13, the Apostle Paul recognized that as long as he was alive in this physical body, he had not apprehended all God had for him. Now he's dealt with spiritual maturity, now he's dealing with 
the things that God has for him. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Paul is cutting off any thought or idea that he or any other person accomplished all in life, literally laid hold of. The first word he uses is the word count, which means to consider, reckon, or conclude. It is an accounting term. When you start making your addition, balancing your checkbook, and you're trying to reconcile your bank statement, it has to match. And whatever your statement says, most of the time it's right. They do make some mistakes, but most of the time, you know, I'm the one that's made a mistake. I don't just say, well, I don't matter. Those guys are liars. I have a hundred extra bucks. I'm just going to write a check for it. Oh, really? And then you call up and you say, I can't, I can't understand how I'm out of money. I still have checks. <laughs> the second word is apprehend. It is the same word as the phrase laid hold of in verse 12. So verse 12 gives us the literal meaning. Paul did not want the Philippians to think that he had such a high opinion of himself. This is good. It's important that as a teacher, as a Christian, whatever you are passing on to others, that you be true to the scriptures, but they also are able to see your humanity. Okay? That you don't present yourself as being perfect. If you will listen to me closely, I will make mistakes. I will give you the wrong scripture sometimes. I will say the wrong name sometimes. I may say something backwards sometimes. Sometimes people think, oh, you know, he did this. And they call me up. Oh, great. That's good. Thank you. What am I trying to project? That I'm perfect? Listen, the greatest protection in my life is for you to know I'm a man just like you. The greatest protection I can have for my life and for yours also. Paul also did not want anyone to have such an opinion of him. You know why? Because it would be false. We're all made of the same stuff. Very, very important. But notice also that Paul is declaring a mild rebuke to those who thought they had apprehended all and had become complacent and lazy. It's important that we don't become complacent and say, well, you know, I've been here since the beginning of the church and I've done it all. You know, I've scrubbed toilets and I've picked up cigarette butts and, you know, I've painted, I've dug trenches, all that. And, you know, now, we're, now I'm just passing it on to the new ones. Really? And what are you going to do? Sit on the sidelines and eat popcorn? I hope not. The very first of Luther's 95 Theses his famous 95 Theses at Wittenberg was this, the first one. The whole Christian life is a continuous repentance. That's good. I've told you often that I live as your pastor an ongoing life of repentance. That's what Luther said. Every day. That's why God has given us 1 John 2, 1. That we have an advocate, a lawyer for the defense to make intercession for us. We blow it. Any of you ever bold enough to buy a pencil without an eraser? <laughs> But it's in proportion, okay? You don't buy it to write mistakes. All right? You're a Christian. Notice secondly, verse 13, still the end, and 14. The Apostle Paul recognized that he had to rehearse a daily process. Don't miss this. He had to rehearse a daily process. These are the principles. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to the things that are ahead... I press towards the goal for the price, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul did one thing, mark that well, but it is a threefold process. The first step being forgetting those things which are behind, focusing on his attitude. 
Attitude is foundational. Parents, you know this. I don't have to tell you. If you deal with your kid only with the actions and the deeds that they do, they'll manifest themselves somewhere else. I disciplined my children as they were growing up more for their attitude than their actions. Because if I can correct the attitude, the actions go away. This is basic. This is foundational, okay? He's making it applicable to the spirit. Paul is using the metaphor of a runner in these verses to describe the Christian race. The primary context is referring to the forgetting all that God had done in him and through him. So as not to be caught up in them. So that he would not miss what God had for the present or for the future ahead. In other words, don't be so caught up applauding yourself and patting yourself on the back as you're telling somebody and your bus goes by and you miss it. I mean, some people in the church, they think they're God's gift to the church, you know. They're so wonderful. We're all like vegetables. Real short lifetime. After a while, it starts decaying. We need to keep that in mind. God's past words can hypnotize us so that they cripple us from the present or the future things God has. Always thinking of the good old days, developing an attitude that there is nothing better ahead. Let me tell you, the good old days weren't as good as they, we say they were. They're only good because we're always seeing them with colored glasses. If they were so good, why did we come to Christ? The best day of my life is today. Whether I find myself in perfect health or the worst health of my life. Today is the best day of my life because it's the next day of my Christian experience. It's the next step towards maturity. It's a step closer to Christ. It's the next work that God has for me. I don't just look down on the past, but I don't live there. And I never compare the past to the present. That's a grave mistake. Notice the second step. Was reaching forward to the things which are ahead. Focusing on what? His actions. If the attitude is correct, now the actions will be correct. The Apostle Paul again continues his metaphor of the race by the phrase, Reaching forward. Which describes a runner stretching out towards the finish line with his eyes fastened and his body thrust forward to reach the end. We've all seen it at the Olympic Games. The different athletic competitions. That runner's running and he sees it and he's running the win. This is found only this time in the New Testament. It's found nowhere else. Notice the apostle knew that the only way he could win the race... That he was running was to go forward, looking to the finish line. Now, these are not, these are not incredible truths I'm sharing you with this morning. These are real simple, real basic. He knew if he didn't have his eyes on the goal and the mark and run towards it, he wouldn't win the race. He's already said that as a runner, he hasn't run every race, so he can't say, I won all races. There's no more races to run. And he can't rest in the fact that he's won some race in the past that he's going to win the one today. Very important. The Apostle Paul was where? This is the content. You must put it together. Where's he at? He's in a Roman prison. He's in a Roman prison? And he can't wait for the next thing God has for him? But it might be death. He knows that better than you. But you know what? It'll be the best thing. It'll be the best day of his life. Instantly present before the Lord. 
Pastor Xavier Reese and living the life of surrender, a life with a future and a hope. Now, if you won't be able to join in when Pastor Xavier brings the remainder of this message, ask for a copy on CD. The title to request is Growing Towards Christlikeness. The cost is only $4. And this is a great way to share this ministry with your family and friends. Now, once again, the title to ask for is Growing Towards Christlikeness, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure you mention the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This information is important as we track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. What does it take to be Christ-like? That's coming up when Pastor Xavier Reese brings us the next edition of Simple Truths. Don't miss it. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 